Hey, good morning and welcome to week three of The Good Work. We are so glad that you guys are here today. Hey, uh, you, you heard all the announcements. If you're in middle school, through middle school, 6th through 12th grade, make sure you come back tonight. If you know a 6th through 12th grader, bring them, drop them off. You need a break for an hour and a half anyways, moms and dads. It's spring break. Get them back in church. We'd love to have them. I'm glad you're here today. Hey, um, around you there's an Easter invite card. Make sure you grab that. We're just two weeks away. Uh, for Easter, we're doing these do good challenges, and so the the very last do good challenge is to bring a friend. That's the challenge for next week, for the following week. We want you to bring a friend on Easter, and we we challenge everyone in here today to bring three friends with them to Easter. And um, the only way for your friends to hear the gospel is to be in a place where they preach, where they preach the gospel. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and he said. I told my friend, I'm, I, I need to tell my friend, like, I know you're an atheist, but you should come to church. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, I don't like that. And he's like, why don't you like that? I said, because atheists should come to church. Like, how are they going to hear the good news, the gospel, unless you're going to share it with them at your, at your job. And I said, so bring your friends. This is a great place to, Easter's a great time to bring your friends to church. Um, they, they, they've done studies and they say 80% of people would come to church if they were invited to church. And so which means that we need to invite our friends to come be a part of Easter. I'm so proud of you guys and all the work that you guys have done with the Do Good Challenge. You guys brought in over a thousand diapers, over a thousand wipes last week. I have no idea how many socks and underwear out there. I'm hoping I'm going to speak and I'm going to speak this into existence. I'm hoping it's a great amount. I I've, I want to go out there and look, but I'm sure there's a bunch out there. And between now and next service, we'll fill up. And I, you guys are like taking this so serious too, because I have people like I go out there. People come to my house now, like, hey, you have an Amazon box. Like, it's, that's not for me. That's for the church. Like, people are sending stuff. They're out of town. They're sending um, all these diapers and wipes and, and socks and underwear to my house. And I'm so thankful that you guys are taking that serious because I believe God calls us to serve the community. And um, when we do that, we're being like Jesus. And so bring a friend to Easter. Keep on doing the Do Good Challenge. Super proud of you guys. Hey, here's what we've said the last few weeks. Um, before I say that, I want to say this to you. If you're visiting for the first time, we want you to know we're glad you're here. And I see some new faces. I can't see a lot today because these lights are bright today. And um, hopefully my makeup is even. I'm kidding. I don't wear makeup. Uh, just figured I'd toss it out there. It's funny to me. Um, <laughs> it's funny to me and Jeff. We're cool. <laughs> Everything is good. Um, um, uh, if you're new visiting us for the first time, well, you know, we're, we're glad you're here. And, um, and you could fit in with us. And um, if you feel like, oh, I don't know if I can fit in, like this would be a great place. If you feel like you don't fit in anywhere else, this would be a great place for you to fit in. You're welcome here. And you're needed, you can be needed here and be known here. And we're glad that you're here today. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, and I am certain, I love when the Apostle Paul uses the word certain, just a good word. Like, because I, we live in a day and age where probably, the reason, the reason probably why I like the word certain is there's not too much certainty going around anymore. You know what I'm saying? My wife walked to me in the back today and she goes, hey, I've got good news. I'm like, what is it? She's like, I think that I heard. And I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> Whatever you are. She goes, I think, I think I heard that the chairs don't have to be six feet apart anymore. They can be three feet apart. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I mean, they may be today, but the CDC may change that tomorrow, you know. Like, and so she's like, I, I, think, I, I think I heard, you know. Like, I see all these things on, 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 the, on media and I see friends talking to friends. Like, I, I think, like, I love the Apostle Paul because he goes, I'm certain, guys. I, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm anything, I'm certain about this. That God who began the good work within you, he gave you salvation. He made the first move. You made the second move. He, I'm, I'm certain that God who began the good work within you, he will continue his work. I love the word his there. It's God's work. He will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Now, I hate the last part because what the last part implies is this, that God's going to be working on me until I get to stink in heaven. I'm not pumped by that. 
I want him to be done with me by the time I'm 40, and I can cruise control this thing the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, anybody else would, anybody, I'm sure if I would be honest with you, how many of you guys, like, I would, don't raise your hand, but like, you're like, I would be, I'd be cool if God would be done working on me by now. Like, wouldn't that be awesome? I, I had dinner with uh, Steve and Debbie uh, last week, and, and we're talking about how God is changing us and moving us and, and making us. And, and whether you're the youngest in the room or the oldest in the room or the newest believer here today, I would just be okay with God being done working on me. I'm tired of him working on me. And the reason why I'm really tired of working on him is because he uses my wife to work through my wife to work on me. I'm tired of her giving me advice. She's not here. I can say what I want to say. I just, I would be cool if God would be cool. I'm, you're good, Wes. You, you made it. You're, you're good. I'm, I'm done with you, Wes. Proud of you. But I feel like the, as soon as I get done learning and accomplishing something, he gives me something else to, to make me more like him. But here's the deal. I'm certain of this. He's going to continue to be with you until the ends of the ages. I'm certain of this, Paul says. He's going he's gonna to stick with you to the very, very end. What he starts, he always finishes. I probably love the verse even more for that because we live in a society where nobody finishes what they start. Oh, that'd be awesome. Let's try this. I tell people all the time, like, I'm going to start a podcast. Like, yeah, you're going to start it for like a year and then you're going to quit. Like, you're going you're gonna to do this. My son, he, he likes all the sports. Hopefully he's not in here because it costs me five bucks every time I mention his name. But, like, he's tried everything. And now he's at the point where he, he's not exactly sure where he's at with what sport. Yesterday he came home. We went golfing yesterday morning. He came in the, he came in the garage and he put his, 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 his BMX, his, his, his helmet on. And he's riding his bike. He gets off his bike, guys. And he grabs his golf clubs. And I would like to tell you that he took the helmet off, but he didn't. He's got, his, he's got his sports all confused. He's golfing with the helmet on. And then we get in the golf course. He's like, I'm going to take you for a ride. I'm like, I don't want to go on a ride. You drove me around the golf course for nine holes. I have whiplash still, son. He wants to drive me around the neighborhood. He's still helmet on. I'm like, son, you don't need a helmet on for the golf course. I do, dad. I'm like, he's like, I'm, I'm making up a new sport. You know, like, it's like, we've, he's confused. Everything. It's like, let's just finish what we start. Paul says, I'm certain, guys, if you are a Christian here today, God will finish what he starts in us. And that work will be complete when we get to heaven. That's the bad news. So hang in there. Well, the good news is that he's working on me while he's working on you. He's working on all of us until we get to heaven. So we've been in it. We're looking at a guy by the name of Nehemiah. We've learned a few things from the study so far. Here's the first thing we learned in week one. You need to know that God specializes in using ordinary people. You need to know that. Nehemiah was just a cupbearer. Just, just a cupbearer. All he did was drink the king's wine so that he wouldn't die. Sounds like a pretty crappy job, right? God uses ordinary people and what I love about God is he takes the ordinary and he adds his supernatural power to it and then it can become extraordinary. And he can use a guy like me who was 15 years old and, and trying to figure out life and trying to figure out who I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to be. And he can use me, he, could, he can do the good work, like the picture that you see on the screen, like he can take off the, all the rough edges. And, and then I, one day he said, hey, I got a job for you to do. It's called starting a church in Winter Garden. Like you, you can do this. He will continue to do the good work. God uses God specializes in using ordinary people. He does not specialize in use. He does not specialize in using extraordinary people. The reason why that's important is this: because some of you guys are like, when I get right, God's going to use me. No, God can use you just the way that you are. He can take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. And then last week we learned this: you don't have to be successful, but you have to be significant, or you you can be significant. Like you can, you can be significant. Like God has an incredible plan. For your life, and so many people are trying to chase success, chase success. I'm gonna get when I get successful, when I get successful, like why don't we just chase significance? Why don't we just try to get our why don't we just try to make a make an impact? I saw Derek post the other day, uh, my brother in law comes to church here. He's like, the, the real the real measure of success is not how much you make, but it's whose life that you're actually impacting. 
Like, that would be nice. Let's get to the end of our life and say, I made a huge difference in eternity. Like, my friend got saved because I invited him to church. Or my friend's life was changed because I, because I shared the gospel, I shared the good news with them. Let's quit chasing success. Let's chase, let's chase significance. So we're going to pick up in Nehemiah today, chapter 4. We've seen Nehemiah. Nehemiah's hometown is burnt down. The walls are completely crumbled. And so he goes to the king and says, hey, king, if it's okay with you, I'm going to go back. The king says yes. And he says, what do you need? He tells him what he needs. Nehemiah prays. What do you need? He prays. And he gets there. And he gets to the town. He gets in the, into the town at nighttime. And when everybody went to bed, he went out there to survey how bad the walls were. I think he went at nighttime to see how bad it was. So if he wanted to run back to where he came from, he could leave. And he went out there. And he's like, yo, this is a disaster. And he's like, we got work to do. Let's do the good work. And they get their hands dirty in this thing. And they begin to do, they begin to do the good work. And we pick up a story in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1. The Bible says this, Sanballat was angry. When he learned that we were rebuilding the wall, he flew into a rage. <clears throat> he mocked the Jews. And he was saying in front of his friends and, and, and the Sumerian army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? What, do they think they can build this wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones? At that? He's like, these guys, they're, these guys, they're ordinary. Like they're feeble, weak Jews. Do they think they can actually do anything of significance? Man, does that sound familiar? It should you, because that's what the enemy tells us. You're no good. You can't do this. You can't do that. We were talking in our, in our dream team huddle this morning about they. You know, I, I hate they. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know they, right? Be like, you know what they say. No, you, I, you, I, I heard some people, that they, you know what they were saying? Like, no one, there is no they. <laughs> or a lot of people say to me, you know what they, I heard, I heard they were saying? Like, it's usually like one person. Like, no one's saying that. Like, that's, it's one person. And they, and I think sometimes we listen to them or they. Like, what are they, what are they saying? Like, I would quit listening to they. And so they were like, do, do those guys think that they could build, be of significance? These poor People like, and then on top of that, they ain't got no tools. Next, this coming week, we're, we're building these beds. And all the manly, all the manly men, manly men, all of them are like, yo, can I bring my tools? I'm like, dude, chill out. Like, all your tools. Like, I don't need you bringing tools because it's going to embarrass me because I don't have any tools. Like, dude, ease up with all that. Like, you're making the guys that wear skinny pants look worse. You know, like, we don't, we don't need you to bring, if you're a manly man here today, you're this guy, we don't need you to bring your tools. Like, oh, I'm going to bring my tools. And like, you can't even stop them. So then I realized they're not listening to me, Jeff. So I'm like, yeah, bring them. I, bring whatever you want. I don't care. Bring your table saw. Whatever you got, bring it. If you want to rent a trailer and pull your whole garage there with all your stuff, I don't care. It's going to be tight parking. But whatever you want, bring it. They're like, like, you know, they're like, they look at me like, you just don't get it. I'm like, I, do, I don't. My wife, in our house, my wife carries a toolbox, you know. Like, I know where it's at. That's half the battle. He goes, you guys can't build nothing. So verse 3 says, Tobiah the Ammonite who was standing beside him remarked that the stones, the stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked on top of it. He's like, dude, you guys can't do nothing. And mind you, they've already started building this and they're making some progress. And then the haters begin to show up. Then he says, I prayed, hear us, O God. He prays 12 times in the book of Nehemiah. Oh God, please, we're being mocked. May these people fall back on their own heads and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builder. That's a pretty sick prayer. <laughs> He's like, oh, God, please help us kill them. And that's basically, what he is, that's basically what he is saying in this prayer, modern-day translation. 
Verse 6 says this, At last, the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city, for the people had worked with enthusiasm. Maybe that's why you like coming. You're like, man, this church, this is an enthusiastic church. This guy, I don't know if he's on Jesus or if he's on caffeine. And the people around are always smiling and friendly. The stream team, like, they make it look so fun to serve, serve Jesus. Like, man, these guys, they are going and going and going and going. Half the wall is built. And then the people begin to show up and start making fun and talking bad. Verse 7, but when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs, the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the work was going, was, was going ahead and the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. So now people are mad, but now they're extra mad. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But I love this. We prayed again, but we prayed to our God and we, to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect themselves. I love these guys. Like, we're going to build this wall. Miles and miles of wall. We got our work cut out for them. We get it built up halfway. The haters begin to show up. People are making fun, talking bad about us. And they're just like, we keep on praying and keep on working. Praying and keep on working. Praying and keep on working. That's a word for us today. We need to pray and keep on working. We need to pray and we need to keep on working. But a lot of times we quit praying and we quit working. Or we quit praying, but then we, 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 we keep working, but we quit praying. Like, we got to put both of them together. Well, I'm doing really good at the working. Maybe God's telling you to start doing some praying. God's been waking up me, woke, I woke me up almost every single day as we get 5 a.m. I'm like, God, I wish you would just talk to me after I already wake up. Like, what are you trying to say to me? And every, every time I wake up and I'm, wake, I'm like in the Matt Reading wake-up zone. Like, the, you, I don't, you just do it. Like, it's just, I'm awake. And every, first thing I do is I, this year I've tried to make it, the first app I go to is the Bible reading app. So the version. So I open up the version and I, I get to today's reading and it's pray without ceasing. I'm like, that's why they keep on waking me up at 5 a.m. Like, God's trying to do something in me. And I want him to do the things that we say. I, I want to build a wall. Like, I want to, I want to build the kingdom of God. I want to, this wall was for protection. It's for health. And, I, and it was for life change. I want to do all those things right here in this city. And God wakes me up and says, hey, Wes, keep on, keep on praying. But we prayed to our God. We prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Then the people of Judah, they began to complain. The workers were getting tired. There was so much rubble to be moved. They were building and they were moving trash. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, the enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and we will kill them and their work. They never, I never heard that verse when I was in kids' church. I would have, been, I would have paid attention more. <laughs> I would have feared God more, you know what I'm saying? Like, God's like, we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna swoop down and we're going we're gonna to kill them. So the Jews who lived near the enemy, they came and they told us again and again, and they will come from all direct directions and attack us. So I placed armed guards be, behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by the families armed with swords and spears and bows. Then, as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people, and I said to them, hey, guys, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember, church, Hope Church, remember the Lord who is great and glorious. He's going to fight for you, your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes, your children. God is fighting for you. He's, he's prepared a way for you. He's out in front of you. He's making a way. God is fighting for you. Verse 15, when our enemies heard that we knew of their plans, and that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. But from then on, only half my men worked, while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail, metal. Just prepared up, ready to go. Half the work. They're cranking this wall out. Next week I'm going to tell you how fast they got the wall built. But they're building the wall, and they got to take guys off the wall to stand guard to make sure everybody's okay. I want to let you know as your pastor today and as group leaders and small group leaders and all of our directors, we're here fighting for you. 
We're here for you. We're here for you guys. And I think you're catching on because what I've sensed is that you guys are here for us. You guys are standing in the gaps for us. We're so thankful. I, I knew when I launched this church, I didn't want to be a church where everyone's like, yo, look, yo, look, go, go west, go west, go, go west, go west, go west. I knew I didn't want to be up there very long, people cheering for me. Now I feel like there's a, there's a shift happening in our church where I'm saying, hey, look at you, look at you, look at you, go, 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 go. And everyone in our church, one of our core values is we are encouraged. So we're all cheering for each other. I got a text message, Gabe, um, right on the front row, and Marty, who's, who's not here, goes, hey, I don't know what you guys are doing online, but save that setting. It's the best it's ever been online. He said, note to self, we're going to save it. <laughs> we got John Anthony on the, on, the, on the sound, on the broadcast sound. That's, that's what it is. I mean, John Anthony, you don't even know who that is, but you're clapping anyways. That's awesome. John's the drummer. He walked into 830 today. I'm like, this isn't all, he shows up late sometimes. I'm not going to have a roast John session, but he shows up late sometimes. Sometimes it's code for all the time. But he walks in today super late. I'm like, what is he doing here? He's like, just coming, chilling. He's still putting clothes on, shoes on. He walks to the back. He's on live stream sound. That's why it sounds so good. Just everyone's jumping and saying, hey, look at this. Everyone's doing their part. Everyone's getting in the game. Everyone's trying. Everyone's helping. And this is a get involved kind of church. This is a good work kind of church. Everyone's, everyone's jumping in. We, we come here on Saturday nights, and it is, like, every week is so fast, right, Jeff? Like, we are just flying through. We got the snowbird on the second row from Canada. He's on, he used to drive a motorcycle to church. Now he's on, not to come set up on Saturday. Now he's riding an electrical bike to church to set up. You know you love Jesus if you're on a bike getting tired to come serve Jesus. That just sounds backwards to me. I'm, like, in my car, perfect environment. Grabbed a Starbucks on the way to set up. He's riding six miles before he even gets to serve Jesus. This is a, everyone's jumping. I really feel like you guys are doing. So he's got guys off the wall while guys are on the wall working and they're standing guard. Like they're not going to stop working, it says. When our enemies heard this, they get really, really mad. Um, but from then on, half my men were doing this shields, boats, coats of mail, all the things. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Jesus. The leaders weren't out in front. Leaders were saying, hey, we can do this together. Carvel said, yes to me, I love this church. Because you're there, you guys, are, you're challenging us, but you also encourage us. Challenge us, you also encourage us. I love this book of Nehemiah. The Bible says in verse 17, he goes, we, they, the, they were behind, the leaders were behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. The laborers carried on the work with one hand supporting their load and one hand on their sword. Verse 18 says, all the builders had a sword, had, had a sword belted to their side and the trumpeters they stayed with me to sound the alarm. So the trumpeters there, in case things break out, all crap, all crap breaks loose, the trumpeters there to blow the horns. Everybody would come. Everybody, it was, that was the trumpet. The, everybody would come to that one area. And they would begin to fight if the people got there, the haters showed up. Verse 19, then I explained to the nobles and the officials and all the people, the work is very spread out and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. I mean, the wall is huge, guys. It isn't like they've got a wall of people just to, they are spread out and they're doing the gates, the bolts, the, all the things. And they got the swords, they got the trumpeters, like the, the leaders. I mean, everyone is doing their part. Everyone's jumped in. Everyone's doing the good work. Everyone's bringing socks and underwear this week. Everyone's bringing diapers and wipes last week. Every week, everyone's bringing things. Everyone's serving. Everyone's giving. Everyone's, everyone's taking part in this church. There's a space. Everyone's doing their part, it says. Verse 19, then I explained to the nobles and the officials and all the people, 
the work is very spread out. We were widely separated from each other along the wall. I have this goal this year is to add 100 people to our dream team. To add 100 people to our dream team. And we're going to get there. We're two, mo- two, three months into the year, and we're already, we're already adding people. And we're just adding more people, and we're just adding more people, and we're just adding more people. Because we want to we wanna change the world. And I think if we don't, do, if we don't, if we don't serve in, our, in this house, we're not going to serve in our homes. We're not going to serve our neighbors. We're not going to serve the city. We're going to continue to keep on serving, continue to keep on giving, continue to keep on loving and pouring into this city that we call our home. I love verse 20. Guys, when you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it is sounding, then our God will fight for us. I love that because he says, when, when you hear the sound, come running with your swords, be ready to go. We're going we're gonna to get in a fist fight. Ryan's worked, Ryan's our, our youth director, next-gen director, and he's been on our team for three months. And he's like, Pastor Wes, I promise you, if you tell me to kill somebody, I will kill whoever you want me to kill. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know if that's okay, but that sounds amazing. He's like, just where are they at? He says, hey, we, we, we love to fight. We, we sing that song, this is how I fight my battles. We fight differently. We fight with a posture of worship. But I love this, past, this story because, like, hey, whenever we hear the sound, we're all going to run there. And when we get there, God is going to fight for us. There's a word there for someone to say, quit fighting all your battles. So there are some battles that only God's going to, you're going to have to let God to fight for you. You're just going to have to. I feel like the season I'm in right now, I'm up at 5 a.m. God's just saying, hey, I got you. Like, I got you. Just keep on waiting. Just, like, just, just keep on praying. Just keep on praying. Just stay faithful. Keep on praying. Just keep on showing up to your groups. Keep on praying. Keep on being in the circle. I'm in, I'm in several circles with different guys. And keep on showing up to Thursday night. Those guys got your back. They're going to they're gonna pour into you. Keep on going to Tuesday morning Bible study at 7 a.m. Because those guys are pouring into you. Like, just keep on staying in the right circle. God's going to continue to do what only he can do. Just stay, just stay faithful and pray and stay faithful and stay, and stay in prayer. I wrote down two things I see in my, Nehemiah's life that hopefully that I want to prepare you because you're going to see this also. Uh, number one, when you do the good work, the enemy will criticize your flaws. When you do the good work, the enemy will criticize your flaws. The, the, the guys were saying, Nehemiah, you guys are weak. You're small. You're feeble. Like you don't have the resources. I've told you guys a lot of places I've called to, about moving our church to those spaces. They're like, yeah, we don't want to, we're not interested in dealing with the church. We're not interested in dealing with the church. I called a billboard guy the other day. He's like, yeah, you guys can't, uh, you guys are just a church. You don't want this billboard. You, you guys don't need a billboard. I'm like, we're going to do whatever it takes to reach the gospel to this entire city. They go, churches don't get this, churches don't get this billboard. Churches can't afford this. I'm like, not that, no, this one's different. I'm like preaching my core values. We are generous. We want people to know God, find freedom. The guy's like, sir, I don't know what you're saying. Like, you will, because we're going to get that billboard. Because we want people to know there's a church that cares for this city. Everywhere we go, people say, man, I've, yeah, I've heard of your, I've heard of this church. I've realized that the enemy, the more I try to do things, the more I try to serve this city, the enemy is always trying to criticize, criticize my flaws. But I'm remembering what Nelson said to us last year. What the enemy calls a flaw, God calls a future. I'm like, yeah, you guys, you guys are small, but we're mighty. You guys don't have a building but we know the builder, you know, like I'm just like making stuff up now <laughs> just to preach to myself. The enemy, when you do the good work, the enemy will always try to criticize your flaws. You guys don't have what it takes. Your team's good, but your team's not good, and your team's not good enough. The wrong people, they're going to laugh at you. The wrong people, they're going to leave you. 
He says the critters will, if the critters walk on your, on your wall, it's going to fall over. I want to let you know when you do the good work, the enemy will criticize your flaws. Get ready for it. I love what T.G. Jake says. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I love what Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 3 says. It says this, so I replied. <laughs> when all these haters were showing up, this is, how Nehemiah, this is Nehemiah's reply. So I replied by sending this message to them. I am engaged in a great work. So I can't come. I can't deal with anything. I am staying focused. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? They're like, hey, we want to talk to you. He's like, I'm, not gonna, I'm doing a good work. I'm doing a good work. Like I'm doing, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Can I ask you a question? Are you doing what God's called you to do? Are you doing, a guy said to me, I was going to, I had coffee with a young man this week, and he says, I was leaving my job, and God said to me, I was sitting in church last week, and, um, and, she, and, and he said, I was sitting in church last week, and you said, you, you said, God has a specific call for all of us on our life to reach somebody to do a certain thing. And he said, there's this lady at my work, she doesn't, she doesn't believe in Jesus. And I feel like God was telling me, hey, this is, you, you need, like, she needs you to explain the gospel to her. Like, that's your job. So he's like, I was going to leave this job because I need to make more money to provide for my family. And he's like, you're going to stay there until you help her hear about Jesus and, her, and she gets saved. The enemy, the Nehemiah says, hey, I, I'm, I got a work to do. I'm doing the good work. Hey, church, let's do the good work. Like, let's stay focused on the good work. Let's bring people to church. Let's help people know God and find freedom and discover purpose and go out and make a difference. Number one, when you do the good work, the enemy will criticize your flaws. Here's number two, my favorite one. When you do the good work, God will applaud your future. God will applaud your future. I think those 5 a.m. seasons, God's doing something in my life, and I feel like the enemy is like, hey, you know, you don't have this, you don't have this, you don't have this. But I hear God saying, hey, future's coming. Hey, Wes, just keep on going. Just stay faithful. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. That's the kind of stuff I hear in my voice. I hear Ellen's voice saying, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. And God says, when you do the good work, God will applaud your future. I love that verse 20. He says, when I hear, when you guys hear the trumpet blow, you guys come and God's going to fight for me. Here's what I know for me in my life and what I want you, and what I want to invite you in on today. And maybe some of you guys, you already know this. God is already, God's fighting for you. He's applauding your future. You, you have a future. Some of you guys are like, I just, my future's already, it's done. No, you have a future. If you're, if you're, we, we say this at our church, if you're not dead, God's not done. You have a future. Some of you guys thought you were, you, you've, you were counted out. Some of you guys thought your divorce was going to take you out. Some of you guys thought that, you, had, you know, that kid thing, that your kid is not doing what you want him to do. You thought that was the end of it. I want to let you know that you have a future. God's applauding your future. God's already in tomorrow. He's working out. He's ordering the steps tomorrow. He's, he's working your future. He's working, he's working your future. He says to Nehemiah, keeps on building the wall. Just keep on building the wall. Keep on praying. Keep on building the wall. I want to encourage you to keep on serving the Lord. The enemy will try to remind you of your flaws, but God is applauding your future. He's cheering for you. He's right there with you to the ends of the earth. God is there for you. He's with you. He has a plan for your life. If you are playing your part in God's vision for your life, He will continue. He will continue to fight for you. He will continue to fight for you. So here's how I wanted to end today. I wanted to end just in a time of prayer for us today. I know we end in worship, and our worship's awesome here, and you guys love it, yada, yada, yada. I, I know. It's great. It's awesome. But I feel like God just said, hey, just take a, just, would you just create a space for your church, for, for this church, for His church, just to, you, just for you to take a moment where you're at and just, maybe you just need to take a moment and tell the enemy, like maybe your prayer is just to tell the enemy to shut up. 
Like you just need to tell the enemy, hey enemy, I'm just, I've, you've said enough and I'm not gonna listen to you anymore. And I, thanks for reminding me of my flaws, but God's gonna use them as a future. Maybe some of you guys right now, you're like, I'm just not doing anything for God. I'm not serving, I'm not giving, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. And, but maybe you just wanna take a moment, you say, God, I'm, I'm, committing, I'm committing my life to, to get in the game. Committing my life, to, I, I, wanna, I wanna be all in. There's so many people around you today that are all in. Like, get all in with us. Like, you have, we, like, we want to be around, we want to be around you so that we could, we want to help applaud your future. I have found myself in the ebbs and flows of encouragement and discouragement in the last, ex, you know, this year has been, the last year was crazy. And, and in my position, I think, I think if you're a leader in here today, you know, leadership is lonely. It is lonely. It's lonely. You've heard things like it's lonely at the top. Like, I'll be honest with you. In my position, I have to always take the high road. I'll be honest with you, I'm tired of taking the high road. <laughs> I want to post, I want to post the same thing you're posting. But you're always taking that high road. It's lonely at the top. You, you guys are all leaders. Most of you guys, are, you guys do leadership, so you know what it's like. You know what it's like to work, 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 and no, like no one's there. But I want to encourage you, if you get the right people around you, like we want to be around you. We, we want you to do the good work with us. So we can applaud you and you can applaud us and we can just be in this thing together and, and why, because God uses other people to applaud our future. Like we, we need you around us. I don't need you to sign up for a list to serve today. That'd be awesome. I don't need you to, so like, I'm going to start giving every single Sunday. That'd be awesome if you did that. But we're not asking you, I'm just asking you to say in this moment, we're going to create a space for you just to tell God, hey God, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm in. And then he will begin to complete the work that he started in you. Some of you guys know what your there is but you're here, but you know what there looks like, would you just get on the path and say, God, I'm, I'm going to be there. Just make commitment say, to, to go there. Whatever God, whatever you want, God, I'm, I'm going to go all in. So I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. While you guys are bowing your head and close your eyes, some of our, we're, we're going to be dedicating some children. I want to invite you guys to come around um, backstage with us over here. Um, but if you're here today and you're just in the seat you, and you guys can come now if you're dedicating your children. And everybody else, would you just take a moment, would you just pray and ask God, hey God, I just, I want to be all in. Or God, I just, struggling in that area I'm, I'm, I'm focused on my on my past but I don't want to be focused on my past just take a moment and ask God to help you and wherever you see fit uh, this morning Jesus we love you so much and we're so thankful for all that you do in our lives and we're so thankful for the opportunity that you give us to be a part of the good work. Like, I love Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I love that we could be certain that what you start in us, you're going to finish in us. And we are so, 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 so thankful for that today. Lord, for every man and woman in this room here today that are just struggling with their space, like they're trying to figure out the home life and the church life and the work life and the balance and all those things, God, I pray that you would give them a sense this morning, right now in the space that they're in, that you've got a, you have a future prepared for them. Lord, I pray that we would submit to that future, that we would be prepared. We would be prepared for that future. Like whatever it is you want, God, we want to do that. Like we want to be a church of people that are saying, God, just finish the work. And while you finish the work, we're going to play our part. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.